0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on The Horn. Yeah, we know last year it was a Red River beatdown as the Longhorns scorched Oklahoma 49 to nothing. They're favored by 5.5 to 6 points in this one. What will this one turn out to be? That's what we'll talk about all day today and, of course, into tomorrow in the 11 o'clock kick, Longhorns and Sooners locked in. Somebody texted us and said, guys, it's weird not to see you guys out at the, uh, the Dallas-Texas X's golf tournament this morning. And yeah, Normally we're out there. Uh, obviously true. just didn't have the, uh, we the miss manpower. It too. We you know, miss it, too. Didn't have the manpower to make that happen this year. We will certainly try to get back up there with our friends at the Dallas-Texas oh, X's. And, damn
0: it. The text line now says, Rod, a jellyfish tore my foot up when I was ankle deep in the ocean. Oh, okay, so now jellyfish. y'all going to have me just not going to the ocean at all. Come on now. You can have that. Mm, watch out for
1: those jellyfish. They'll sting you. Oh, and, and somebody says Jeff Banks has a pet monkey.
0: Yeah, well, he still does. Yeah, right? He'll actually... I, I am a monkey fan. <laughs> uh, is it Gia? Was it Gia the monkey? Gia the
1: monkey, yeah. Uh, yes, wife, and it was his, his wife. Yeah. Uh, his
0: wonderful wife, uh, Desi. That, you know. That's right. Yeah. She is her monkey. She actually is a pet. She is a animal enthusiast. She has a lot of animals, not just the pet monkey. Pet monkey is one of She kind of Jerry like Jones that way. She likes, yeah, she likes exotics. To, yes. She likes to collect exotic pets and animals. There you go. Okay, so uh, Texas mm-hmm.
1: and Oklahoma, and appreciate uh, the text about the uh, golf tournament. We'll get back out there when we can. We will be at Terry Black's Barbecue in downtown Dallas today from 3 yeah. to 7. And if, you get it, if you're get if you going to the game, we're not going to be there tomorrow, but if you're going to be in Dallas and you're going to the Cotton Bowl, go to that big tailgate party that they have on on the, on the fairgrounds. It's the Dallas-Texas X's. You can get all the details there. Just look for the website, Dallas-Texas X's, and they do a great job. Uh, Bruce Solis and that whole team. That's awesome, and uh, we look forward to getting back and doing that again. Uh, this year, though, we're going to be at Terry Black's and, of course, out at the Fieldhouse at the Crossover, Rod, getting you ready and then watching Texas-Oklahoma. So, full one. How about this little number? we just talk about our facts of the day. According to statistics, this is from Inside Texas. Great story here. According to the stats from Pro Football Focus, this year, I think it's one of the key key parts of this game, there's been only one... Only 16 examples this season of a Longhorn playing more than 45 snaps a game on defense in one game. Mm. The freshness of this defense, Rod. Linebacker Jalen Ford, Ryan Watts, the corner, and David Benda have each gone over 45 snaps in a game three times. No Longhorn player has participated in as many as 45 snaps in Texas win over Rice. Uh, you know, you go back to the, the last year and the year before when they were running out of gas and they'd be. You know, Jalen Ford talked about this week playing. When he remember they played into the overtime against Texas Tech last year, mm-hmm. he played over eighty snaps in that yeah. game a- yeah. eighty five, you know, 85, 86 snaps in that game, and he even admitted, man, I was I was pretty tired by the end. Sark and uh, this staff have made a deliberate attempt to build depth so that they can be fresh on defense, not just. You know, but like late, late in games, but then over the course of a long season, your defense is fresher. You played on that side of the ball. It's a new way of doing things, but it it does make sense that your 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 body doesn't take the toll. You're able to recover quicker, and that for big games like this, going into your bye mm. week, you could see your best players play their most snaps of the game, and uh, you know finally finally get them out there and see what they can do. Plus, the weather's going to turn, the temperatures will be great at kickoff, this is a big opportunity for Texas in that defense.
0: Yeah, I think, I would love to see the individual game breakdown, especially the Bama game specifically, because um, I think there are certain games that I, sure. would t- I would tighten up the rotations, and this is one of those games where I would tighten up the rotation. You know, yeah, because on, on defense, they like to play a lot of guys, and on offense, they don't play a lot of guys. <laughs> so I was like, nope, my guys, my t- tight rotation of guys, that's the guys I want, because I think based on the situation, the Coverage that he gets, the look that he gets if he gets the right one, Sark wants to be able to, you know, I mean, blitz that defense essentially. Uh, and he does it with specific personnel. I would tighten those rotations versus Oklahoma. It is a strength that Texas is so deep they can play all these guys. But if you're a really good coordinator, what you want to do is take a team's strength and almost use it against them. Flip it. All right. Take their strength and make it a weakness. And if you go look at their depth, they ain't hey, they ain't two thousand one Miami. All right, they they there are some weaknesses. They they ain't got they first round, ain't first round picks all throughout that depth chart. They're rotating guys, so um we see them attack some of these guys in rotation. The Keaton Crawfords, and by the way, I'm not just getting calling out guys getting attacked. Rod B got attacked, okay? Because you ain't going after Quinn Jammer, Nathan Vashon. Who you going after? Rod B. They are going after that other guy, so I got attacked. So I, I the reason I can bring it up is because I know how it looks. <laughs> um, and Keaton Crawford got attacked. Michael Taft's getting attacked, and they're going after Ryan Watts too. And that's
1: where you see if you so, see more. These guys play their most games. Knowing yeah. the bye
0: week's coming. I would tighten up that rotation in this game a little bit because if I am an offensive coordinator, if I'm Jeff Levy, I'm like, okay, I would have certain, you got a six year quarterback in Dylan Gabriel who's play, who knows this his system, all right, that variant shoot system better than any other quarterback knows any system in the country or their system in the country. So nobody's more familiar and more intimately knowledgeable of the system they're in than Dylan Gabriel. He could teach it right now, probably better than any, any coach in the country. And I would have specific. Checks and audibles ready to go. That when I see certain players on the field, boom, we're audible and we're checking to it. If you're going to rotate guys like that, okay. Then when you rotate the weaker of those guys, that's when we're taking our shots and going on with the guys. That's
1: perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, for example, in the, the depth, Jalen Ford and Dan, Danny Stutzman, the two great linebackers in this game for either side, Danny Stutzman's made, played, played almost 300 snaps. Jalen Ford is under 245 uh, yes. snaps. That's amazing. And their stats are similar. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's, you know, Oklahoma not as deep. And that can come into play in this game in the fourth quarter. They do rotate a lot more guys on the defensive front, and they're faster this year. But Texas has really – and you're right. That's why I wonder if you don't see as much rotation in this game just to keep your best players on the field as often as possible in the most important game of the year. Hey, let's get to the other uh, headlines, trending topics, then Rod's got a rant on Texas OU. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring it to you. We'll start with the NFL. Week 5 kicked off last night in our nation's capital. Bears ended the longest losing streak in franchise history, 40-20. to 20. They beat down the Washington Commanders on Thursday Night Football. Now, just before kickoff, the team in the football world learned of the passing of Bears legend and Pro Football Hall of Famer Dick Butkus. I passed away out in California. Well, the Bears went and proceeded to play some inspired football for the first time in a while. They won a game for the first time in 346 days. They had lost 14 in a row before last night. Much maligned Justin Fields threw for 282 yards and four touchdowns. 230 of those and three of the touchdowns were to wide receiver DJ Moore, who had a career night. Chicago down one and four, Washington two and three. Full week of the NFL coming up on Sunday with the Texans in Atlanta to face the Falcons. Cowboys, of course. In San Francisco, matchup of heavyweights in primetime on Sunday night. Week 6 of the high school football season kicked off last night. Great games, including Pflugerville. Panthers scored a late touchdown for their first win of the year. They beat Waco University 30-26. Buta Johnson edged Austin high in a showdown in that district, 20-19. to Vista Ridge picked up a big win over Westwood, 26-21. Georgetown, thumped Leander, 45-21. And top rank Westlake. Trailed Anderson early, 14-13, but scored 53 unanswered and 167-14. Full slate of Friday football coming up tonight, including a good one that you'll hear right here on the horn. Undefeated in state ranked Vandergrift facing McNeil at the Palace on Palmer. That game kicks at seven. Pregame is at 645 tonight. Divisional round of Major League Baseball's playoffs begin tomorrow. Quadruple header of Games Ones, including the Texas Rangers, opening their best of five series in Baltimore at noon tomorrow. Dane Dunning will face Kyle Bradish there in the battle of starting pitchers. Uh, the AL West champion Astros will host Minnesota 345 tomorrow afternoon. Justin Verlander will start for Houston. Joe Ryan for the twin. Both National League series will open up tomorrow night. Atlanta hosting Philadelphia. The Dodgers hosting Arizona. Horns Texas OU coverage brought to you by One Source Gas, your Texas compressed gas leader. If your business has compressed gas needs and you're looking for a new CO2 or compressed gas provider, call One Source Gas at 512-214-8484 or go to OneSourceGasATX.com
0: Great weekend for football at Every level, actually. I'm sure if I looked at the high school football schedule, I could find some great games there, too. But at the college and the pro level, I don't know if we're going to have a better weekend of football than this weekend in the state of Texas. Cowboys or the marquee game in the NFL – Playing the San Francisco 49ers on the road. We'll get to breaking down that matchup actually a little bit later on. Um, also, of course, Texas OU, probably the biggest matchup in college football this weekend. Hell, the Aggies got Alabama. We'll get, well, oh, I got a stat about that game. We'll get to that coming up a little bit too, but uh, that's a big game. Hell, uh, even you talked about the Baylor Texas Tech game is a huge game. That's another big game. I think the Texans game actually is pretty big now, considering how well the Texans are playing, and they play at the Falcons, and there's a Texas Longhorn uh related storyline there because Bijan John Robinson's gonna be playing and, and then a Texas defense, D'Amico Ryan's trying to shut that down. I just, you know, as a as a Texas football fan, period, the state and of course the Longhorns, I don't know. I don't think we're gonna have a better weekend than this. Right uh
1: now. don't disagree. Huge opportunities across the board and you mentioned the Texans, if <laughs> they are there to win, they could they'll, they'll for sure be in, in a tie for first place. In the NFC, AFC North, South didn't, didn't see that coming. Because if they're three and two, because remember the the Titans play the the Colts, so one of those teams is going to win that game and be three and two. So if the Texans were to win, they'd be tied with whoever wins that game. And remember, the Colts get Jonathan Taylor back; he's back practicing. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: the Texans get Tunsil back, don't they? Laramie Tunsil,
1: yeah, I, I think he comes, comes back, back for yeah. this game.
0: They get one of their old linemen back.
1: Hey, bottom of the hour, Jerry Hamilton will join us from inside Texas. His perspective on this game, and of course. The recruiting impact of what this game can be. It is a Longhorn home game. Can I play this for you, Rod, real quick before we get into your rant? Let's do it. How about this? The late great now, Dick Butkus, passed away at the age of 80. His family says he died in his sleep out in California. Uh, News came right ahead of the Bears' big win last night. How about this from uh, NFL Films?
2: to the left and started calling a signal and looked to the right and started calling the rest of the signal and i looked straight ahead here's the man that you fear most in football staring you right in the face what he said to me i can't repeat the sensors would have a ball and immediately my voice kind of quivered and started cracking he was the greatest intimidator ever played football i don't know how good a football player was he was scared the hell out of people long. he told me he was gonna kick my You know what? (laughs) The first time I ever played against him a rookie
0: year. Dick
2: was was an
0: animal. I called him a maniac, a stone
2: maniac. He's the kind of linebacker that when he hit our backs, our back would go back in the huddle. He'd be talking out his ear hole. He'd want to know who was supposed to block that crazy sucker. Before you could begin to try to block on Dick, you had to overcome the
1: mystique. And uh, he didn't appreciate this, but I said it was almost like an odor exuded a kind of a presence. They tried to hurt you. There, there you go. Dick Butkus. That goes on. It's about mm. seven or eight minutes long. Oh, but yeah. uh, that's, a, that's red meat football right there, Rod. Hey,
0: actually, I, I know they'll have to see some Dick Butkus tribute probably on NFL Network or something like that. i am have to go check those out. Some NFL <laughs> film stuff. That good, like you said, that, that old school stuff.
1: Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, black when football was football. Oh, Let's man. hit the rant, Rod.
0: Uh, Cowboys 49ers. I, I want to get into also my cons- my conspiracy theory uh, about the NFL and the Taylor Swift. We'll get to that a little bit later on in the show if we have some time. Um, but let's talk about the Cowboys and the 49ers. Huge game for the for the the Cowboys. A, a true litmus test, right? This is the true measuring stick for the Cowboys. We'll also hear from Kyle Shanahan about Trey Lance. And remember when Trey Lance was traded to the Cowboys, I said, "Man, there's two at." points of added value that nobody's really bringing up. One, he can help prepare you for dual-threat quarterbacks you're going to face on your schedule, like a Jiglin Hurts or a Josh Allen. So he can give you that simulation in practice, which you didn't really have that before with Cooper Rush. But also, you've lost to the 49ers in the playoffs in the divisional round, our back-to-back years. Is it possible he could give you some intel that may give you some insight on how to neutralize and you know, how to stop that 49ers attack, which right now nobody's been able to do it. I mean, they have scored uh, at least 30 points in uh, the first uh, four games of the season. So I, I want to get to this first, though, because this is about Brock Purdy. Because if you're Dan Quinn, you know, instead of having to defend all those weapons, which is really tough to do. And this, I, I think Brent Venables is going to have a very similar situation. You-, you brought up, E, kind of the similarities between just the array of weapons, Uh, that the 49ers have and that Texas has. Well, if you're the opposing defensive coordinator, it's really tough to, to try to defend all those weapons at the same time. Matter of fact, it's almost impossible. It's a mathematical equation you cannot solve. But it's easier just to go after one person and the one key figure, the most key figure on offense, which is the quarterback. Instead of having to defend all the weapons, if you can just get after the quarterback and confuse, discombobulate, harass, and put them under constant duress, well, you know what? Mission accomplished. You really don't have to worry about all the weapons. You just have to stop that person. And that's what I think Dan Quinn's going to focus on doing. It's what he's got to focus on doing. Brock Purdy, without – now, all quarterbacks are different with pressure and without pressure. You want to turn Tom Brady you know, into an average quarterback, you apply pressure. You go look at the Super Bowls that he's lost, it's because they're applying pressure to him. You can turn Superman into Clark Kent, you got to apply a little pressure. When Brock Purdy is working with a clean pocket, no pressure, or blitz, 84% completion percentage. 125.1 passer rating in a clean pocket. Um, and you looked at 83% completion percentage without a blitz and a 124 passer rating um, with no blitz. So if you're not going to blitz him or you're not going to pressure him, then he's going to look like the best quarterback in the league. By the way, all those numbers are first in the league, like top <laughs> for all quarterbacks in the league in those situations. But under pressure, turn Superman into Clark Kent, 48% completion percentage under pressure, 84 press passer rating under pressure, 62% completion percentage when blitzed, 101 passer rating when blitzed, all those numbers, 17th, 12th, 15th, and 10th. They're not, that's not bad, but that's average. And that's what you want to turn Brock Purdy into, just an average quarterback. Right now he's playing like an elite quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the league in that system where he's just a point guard. Um, you want to turn him to an ine- inefficient shooting guard. <laughs> and right now he's a highly efficient, effective point guard in that offense. And you want to turn him into you know, a volume shooting, uh, shooting guard who's just shooting his team and out of the game. And that's that's what Dan Quinn's, uh, you know, that's what that's his struggle. All right, that's going to be his task. And no team is honestly no team is more adapted and no more and better constructed to do it than the Cowboys, because the Cowboys apply pressure better than any defense in the NFL. All right, they were top pressure rate last season. They're top five this season in pressure rate, and. It, they blitz. You look at the blitz rate of the Cowboys in 2022. They were at 25.6. That was 13th in the NFL. They're blitzing now at a rate of 29.9, damn near 30%. That's ninth. That's top 10. That probably should be upped to by 35% uh, versus the 49ers. And we know they can apply organic pressure. That's the key. If they get constant pressure on Black Purdy and he's having to hold on to the ball because that means coverage is sticky on the back end, Cowboys working with something. If he's getting rid of football fast and they getting yak yards, which is what the Shano offense is built on—multiplicity, positionless football, and getting matchup advantages across the board—then that's going to be a problem. But the Cowboys, remember, they're built on the same positionless football principles as Dan Quinn's, uh, as uh, Shannon's offense. Dan Quinn and Shano were together. I'm sure they talked about it, and they both went their separate ways—one offense and one defense. But he's built with the best array and, uh, and uh, construction of de- uh, defensive positionless football players in the NFL. So they they can match up uh, across the board with all those movable chess pieces that Shannon has. That's why it's such a great chess match between the two. And they know each other. Familiarity across the board.
1: Well, and then the flip side of that is Dak Prescott has to be good against a very good San Francisco defense. That's no, the other part. They're that, outstanding on that yes. side of the ball, too. It's just, just such a good matchup. And, you know, Purdy v. Prescott will take the headlines, but... You know, kind of like we're talking about the Longhorns and Sooners. If, if he who runs the ball will probably win this game. If So if Tony Pollard can get going, if Tyron Smith is indeed back and Zach Martin, if you can run the football, because you know they're going to run the ball with Christian McCaffrey, even no, because that's what they're going to try to do against yeah. you because your run defense against Arizona and at times your run defense has been leaky. They're going to test that, especially on the perimeter, especially on the edges and going right at Micah Parsons with the best running back in this league right now, one of the best players in this league in uh, Christian McCaffrey.
0: Yep, I'll say this about Dak Prescott's game, though. 1.3% uh, of his passes so far have been turnover-worthy plays. That's the second-best number in the league. He hadn't turned the football over, so now we're back to the high-reward, low-risk quarterback that is Dak Prescott, but he's got to make plays in this game. If you're going to beat San Fran, it, Dak, you need that big Dak energy. All right, And we don't need small Dak energy. You need big Dak energy. If you don't get that, then they're going to lose this game. All right, let's hear from uh, Shano, Kyle Shanahan, uh, 49ers head coach. When he was asked about what information that Trey Lance could offer the Cowboys um, uh, in terms of insight about that system, um, here's uh, Shanahan. How much can
1: Trey Lance realistically reveal to the Cowboys about your offense?
0: Um, I mean,
1: there's much as most coaches can. I mean, you can see the plays on tape. You can explain what we look at and stuff like that, which usually you can when you can stack up a lot of tape over years, and we've been here for a while and previous. So um, hopefully he's talking to them all the time and making them focus totally on that instead of – the simple stuff of watching the tape. (laughs) So not
0: much. Yeah, not. he's saying not much, basically. But, I mean, Trey Lance was considered to be the prince that was promised. He was the future franchise quarterback. So you know they gave him the keys to the kingdom. Now, did he understand them? (laughs) Could he translate them? Could he decipher them for the Cowboys in that system? I don't know. But he has the knowledge. Now, can they they extract that knowledge from him? (laughs) Even if he doesn't know he has. He's got it back there because they wanted him to be the guy. And so that's why it's interesting, too. I mean, I said that was one of the things that he could bring added value to the Cowboys. This is the week for that added value. How much can they extract from the knowledge that he has about that 49 er offense? We don't know. And by, by the way, Shannon is as savvy as any coach in the league. He may know exactly what Trey Lance is going to tell the Cowboys and may use that against him. He may flip the script, break tendency. He may say, oh, Trey's going to tell them this and that because we we preach this to Trey over and over again. These steps, these principles, and then he may flip the script and use that against the Cowboys. He's a savvy mofo. He really is.
1: Great games, great games all weekend long, starting at 11 a.m. tomorrow morning and all the way through 7.20 (laughs) on Sunday night with the Cowboys and Niners to wrap up your football weekend, maybe the best of the year in the state of Texas, for sure. Uh, All right, we'll come back when we do the best in the business. will join us Jerry Hamilton inside Texas. His thoughts on the recruiting impact of what this game will be. Uh, Jerry will make a pick as well. We're going to see Jerry up in Dallas as well today, so we'll get a preview of that and our trip to Terry Black's Barbecue coming up. I'll come back with that. Plus, before the end of the hour, a little round of bullish or BS on a Friday on Hook'Em Up, Rod, it is uh, 725. You
2: know you still sucks.
0: On Austin, Texas Sports,
1: Go. Indeed, yeah, there's the Foo Fighters. They'll be uh, closing the house on Saturday night. ACL Fest starts today. Weather's going to be phenomenal for the weekend. We're getting out to the music festival and trying to watch some football. Cross your, your passions, football and music. That'll be fun, but uh, we're all football today. And before we go to the Vaqueros hotline and bring on our friend Jerry Hamilton from Inside Texas, is your birthday today, Rod?
0: Yeah. I See? What? You bring this up now? Yeah. Rod's I mean, birthday. dudes don't talk about the birthday. Really? Like, come on, man.
1: All right. Well, happy birthday.
0: Yeah. Happy I birthday. Mean, everybody's got a birthday. Like, seriously. i was at born. that point in my life. Everybody's got a birthday. It's okay. You can, you know, you ain't, you're not, I, I love everybody out there, but you're not that special. <laughs> there are birthdays I have millions of them happening all over the world every day. It's okay. Like, it's, well, it's just birthday, a day Rod. that somebody was born. It's all right. And now you there. get to celebrate you well, your first birthday
1: with your your baby daughter which yeah. will
0: be awesome. You're coming there celebrating the birthday telling everybody it's your birthday. You don't have like I birthday weeks it. and birthday months. No, and... I could it, honestly it it is for me really it's just kind of another day. I don't people who know me really well know I don't celebrate my birthday. You and I are. So I would have brought donuts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, we brought some well, donut shops aren't open yeah, exactly. as early as we come in. that's um, uh, no, true. It's <laughs> fine. We have to, to make I would have some brought some I hot cat tequila Up,
0: I appreciate that. Thank you. And C B, thank you very much too. Yeah.
1: yeah. Happy birthday, everybody. Yeah. Uh to Rod Babers. Can we go to the Vaqueros hotline, bring on one of our Fays? We're gonna see him this afternoon up in Dallas, uh, out of Terry Black's. He is the senior national recruiting analyst for On Three Sports inside Texas. Uh, our great friend Jerry Hamilton. Hello, Jerry. <clears throat>
2: Hey, great, man. Hey, it's great to be here. I'm at Firewheel Golf Park for the UT Texas X's Get Teed Off event this morning. But, Rod, my first question, are you 42 or 43 today?
0: I'm 43. <laughs> oh, man.
2: So, in, in in honor of you, Brent Venables is going to start the game in a 4-3 defense tomorrow. So, there you go. <laughs> right, what we got?
1: Yeah, I'm glad you guys are out at that golf tournament. Nice. We've, we've been out there. Jerry, we've been out at Firewheel so many times. That's such a great event and uh, looking forward to get back there at some point. But uh, uh, you guys are out there this morning. It'll be a packed house of Longhorn fans. And, uh, gosh, we interviewed Jay Hartzell out there one of those years. The president was out. So it's a, it's a who's who. It's a great way to start the weekend at Firewheel, that great complex. And uh, weather looks great for it. Hey, Jerry, uh, let's start with this. your overall thoughts on this game. What's your – before we talk recruiting and the impact and what it means – uh, what's your lean on this? What's your breakdown of, of the Longhorns in the matchup with Oklahoma?
2: Look, it's, it's different than Alabama game for me. This is the game where you say, okay, Steve Sarkeesian, Kyle Flood, they came into this program and said, we're going to change this program and we're going to have a bunch of large humans. I think Saturday is a large humans advantage in day for Texas where you see three years now of work in recruiting uh, and building this program to be prepared to have SEC size, right? I mean, this is it. Texas is a, Sarkeesian's a year ahead of Brent Venables in building these lines of scrimmage the way both of these programs want to and need to headed to the SEC. I think Saturday is going to be uh, pretty easy for Texas fans to, uh, to see Steve Sarkeesian's work uh, bringing in large humans. I think the lines of scrimmage are huge, in this game, I think Texas has an advantage there. Um, I think the key then, after you get past that, is obviously all the things Rod talked about all the time on football theory and and on the radio here. Um, but look, I, I think it's always it always comes down to running the football right um, in this game, not turning the ball over. There's gonna there, there'll be a turnover, not turning the ball over on your end of the field because momentum is so huge in this game. It's so huge, special teams huge in this game for momentum. Purposes. I mean, everybody remembers Jordan Shipley's kickoff return in 08, which changed the course of the momentum in that game in a big way when Oklahoma was rolling downhill early in that game. I think special teams are huge. I think not turning the ball over on your own side of the field is huge. Uh, and I think line of scrimmage, I think the key here is where Texas, to me, has been most successful this season. They've ran the ball when they needed to and when they wanted to. If Texas can run the ball when they need to, and want to Saturday, I think Texas fans will leave the Cotton Bowl pretty happy.
0: As flip the script, uh, Jerry, and talk about that defensive line, you know, big humans on the O-line, and, and Sarcas uh, talked about that a lot, and he's achieved it. He's got a lot of big humans on that, uh, that O-line, but the defensive line for Texas has been so good, and it's so deep. Um, what do you think is going to be the impact of this defensive line early on, uh, stopping the run, but also trying to pressure the best quarterback they've faced so far?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think here's the the key come for this game. And Headed into the season, I think we're the questions were, where's the edge pass rush going to come from, right? Then in the Alabama game, Ethan Burke even showed up in the Rice game. Ethan Burke and Anthony Hill really showed up in that Alabama game. Ethan Burke was wearing a knee brace Saturday against Kansas this last week. So is he 100%? Not if you're wearing a knee brace and you started the season without one. So he may be a little less than 100%. But where's that edge rush going to come from Saturday? Because Oklahoma tackles are better than the interior. That doesn't mean Oklahoma doesn't have good players on the interior. McCade McTower is a tough kid that's played a lot of football, started at Cal, then transferred to OU on the interior. But Oklahoma's better at tackles than they are on the interior. Um, So you know Byron Murphy, Tavondre Sweat, Alfred Collins, those guys are going to win some matchups and have some opportunities to make plays. Inside the tackles, but where does that edge rush come from Saturday? I think that's going to be so big. Does Pete Kwiatkowski have to manufacture it, or can they just get it with just numbers? Can four guys get it? Can five guys get it? Do they have to bring a six? That's when you start getting into some tricky situations. Uh, but the interior D line will perform. They performed every every year. I mean, every game this year. It's going to be where does that edge pressure come from? Which I think is going to be big on Saturday. You got to disrupt the timing of Dylan Gabriel, Rods said it all week, Dylan Gabriels hitting 60% or more of his deep balls this season. You have to get in his head early in this game and get him off-platform, off-rhythm.
1: Yeah, in addition to the line of scrimmage advantage, Jerry, I feel like uh, Texas has – this really high IQ players on that side of the ball with Jalen Ford, you know, linebacker, and Jade Barron. And the guy I picked to be the play, defensive player of the game is Jalen Catalan coming in from you know Arkansas where he right. saw this veer and shoot all the time with Kendall Bryle's system, very similar to Jeff Levy's. I think he can diagnose some things and, and be an attack player for Texas coming from the back end helping to support the run, but also making some plays in that back end.
2: Aaron, great call. Great call. I mean, look, he's seen the offense, like you say, every day in practice for three years and here's the other thing with him he's a big game hunter that that year he was a freshman all-american they played six ranked teams at arkansas he had 59 tackles in those six games and he only had one tackle against AM and when he went out injured so that means in the other games he had 58 tackles in five games which means you're all over the field rod baby like you're all over the field mm-hmm. if, you have, if you're a safety and have 58 tackles in five games against ranked opponents you're talking about Games of 12 tackles on the road at Bama, 14 tackles, maybe at home at Bama, 14 tackles in road games, 15 tackles in road games. He is a true difference maker at safety against the run, um, and he has an opportunity. Like you said, that's a great point. He's so familiar. of Any Texas player on the roster, he's more familiar with this offense than anybody.
0: Yeah, they got to tighten up the rotation so he plays more though. Do you think this is a game where we Agreed. see them tighten up some of those rotations, Jerry?
2: I th- I I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I think the guys played more snaps against Bama. Uh, your starters. I mean, Jalen Catalan had seven tackles. He led ta- Texas in tackles against Alabama. That's probably the most snaps he's played this year. So I'm I'm going to say if he's a, if he's healthy, which I think he is. This is going to be the most snaps he's played all year Saturday. Ali
1: Catalan. Ali Catalan, yeah, especially with,
2: Catalan.
1: The, <laughs> with, the, with the bye week coming. Why wouldn't you? What are you saving them for? Hey, Jerry, the uh, the recruiting advantage here, Texas home game. I know you told us last time you were with us, which makes sense that if you're not in the Metroplex, it's hard to get from a Friday night football game to the game if you want to take it in. But there'll be a lot of recruits there. What are the, what are the big storylines you're following for the, the recruiting aspect of this?
2: Yeah, we always talk about this, guys. Is These games, the Alabama win, everybody's like, well, who's Texas going to flip in 24? These games, games impact you the next class and the next class. So this is 25-26. And as you would expect, the group of attendees, scheduled attendees Saturday, 90-plus at percent of them are twenty twenty five prospects, so juniors. Um, I mean, all the top offensive line guys are coming now. I will say that, I mean, I was at DeSoto High yesterday. Yesterday, and saw an extremely large human. Uh, that is Byron Washington, all six seven, and I'll say three eighty to three ninety on him oh, right now. He'll wow. be in. A, he'll be in attendance. I wow. actually posted a photo on Inside Texas of him with my son, just so I never do that, just so people could see how big he actually is. My son's a senior in high school, and my son looks like a freshman in high school uh, in that photo. <laughs> But um, yeah, a lot of the top offensive line kids in the in the class in Texas are going to be there. You know, there's a few Houston area guys coming up. Uh, Shadow Creek, one of the most talented schools in the Houston area right now. Kobe Sellers, a big time corner who has a Texas offer, uh, top 200 kid in the country. He'll be there. His teammate Anthony Williams, who's an intriguing edge outside backer prospect in that junior class. Uh, but Ty, you know, offensive line like Ty Haywood. Uh, from Denton Ryan. Look, there's going to be five players from the Denton Ryan program on the field Saturday. That's Anthony Hill, Jatavion Sanders, Austin Jordan, Caleb Hicks. I'm not sure he'll be on the field, but he'll wow. be on the sidelines for OU. Then Billy Bowman. All five of those guys are teammates at Denton Ryan. Okay, I guess they won a lot of games. So, Ty Haywood, one of the top young prospects at Denton Ryan, he'll be in attendance. But, yeah, it's going to be extremely well-attended game. We'll see. I'll say this, guys. The number one running back, ranked running back in the country in the junior class is Harlem Berry out of New Orleans. I mean, uh, Rod's watched him. He has a little Jamal Charles to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is scheduled to make the trip to Dallas uh, and be sitting on the Texas side. That is a big-time recruiting battle to short choices in for Harlem Berry. It's LSU. He's from New Orleans. It's school he's always grown up liking. And then Florida's in it. And I know people say, well, Napier, you're going to be there. Well, that, that'll be determined. But right now on his staff, the running back coach is Jabbar Jalouk from New Orleans. That's his uncle.
1: Oh, That's Harlan oh, wow. Barry's
2: uncle. So this is a real recruiting battle uh, that Tashard Choice and Steve Sarkeesian are in. And uh, Harlan Barry's scheduled to be at Dallas Saturday. So if he shows up, that would be huge for Texas because, look, there's not a better it, – it's good to get kids to your home. Uh, to Austin for a home game, a game day environment. There's nothing better than bringing a out-of-state prospect to the Cotton Bowl, though. If, they, if you can get them there, this is a huge win in recruiting. Because Harlan Barry's already been on campus in Austin. He was there for the elite camp in June. So another visit to Austin for a game day doesn't do the same as this kid sitting in the Cotton Bowl watching one of the great college football games of all time.
1: Great stuff, Jerry. Hey, uh, enjoy the golf tournament out there at Firewheel out northeast in uh, McKinney area. That's always a blast. And uh, you guys will do a great job uh, with the live cast you're going to have coming up. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see you at Terry Blacks this afternoon, Jerry. Appreciate it, my friend.
2: Thanks, Jerry. We're looking forward to it, Aaron. See you guys later.
1: All right, Jerry Hamilton. That's as good as you get right there as far as the recruiting breakdown. Oh, Harlan man. Barry. That's he's just a cool name, too, for a run him Yeah. Harlan oh, yeah. Barry. Oh, no, he's
0: a real deal, man. He's excited. It fits. It fits. You're like, oh man, a name like that. I wonder if he, if his, his game is exciting as his, his name. Oh no, his game matches his name.
1: <laughs> Sweet. Uh, all right. So there, there's the breakdown this game and then the future uh, between Texas and Oklahoma. Somebody said, guys, if it's a Texas home game, why does the ESPN and the ship of fools have none nuts? Baker Mayfield is the guest picker
0: because he's a great villain. He's a fantastic villain. He Baker really Mayfield is.
1: apparently is the celebrity guest picker yeah. for game right? day tomorrow, and
0: he's such a—he's just a great villain. He embraces it, and he's playing well right now, he so is. he's he confident. Is. And Baker
1: Mayfield—he's an all-time great uh, an Oklahoma all-time great. sooner.
0: He's my favorite. I'm sorry, he's my favorite all-time sooner. I think you know, and I know that's like naming your all-time favorite serial killer, but he, <laughs> he yeah, he's my favorite sooner. I know favorite all-time sooner because it's a favorite serial killer. It's like, yeah, I don't—I mean, you got one, but do you really? Ugh, yeah, weird. we come yeah. back.
1: It's going to be yeah. bullish or BS on a Friday. We've got a lot going on. Obviously, Texas OU. Thank you to Jerry. Uh, more insights coming. It is uh, 744, Rod. And OU still sucks. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers. Hook come up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Time for some Friday Bullish or BS. Rod Babers, are you bullish on... Uh, the NCAA shortening the transfer window in all sports from 60 days a year to 45.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm bullish on that. They they need more guardrails with the transfer portal with NIL. So uh, this is a baby step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, they need will, to get it done.
1: As we said earlier, football will be 30 days after the season's over, and then 15 days in the spring. Men's and women's basketball will be 45 days at one time uh, at the end of the year. So. Uh, so that's that is uh, changed also we told you the bullish or BS run on the Big Ten's new scheduling format which they announced of course they just announced it this summer then they went out and added Washington and and Oregon uh, to the mix along with USC and UCLA so they had to do unveil a brand new one again and it's an 18 team format Uh, essentially they they're going to you get to keep your rival at least two rival games, uh, oh, yeah. keep the rivalries together. But then they're going to rotate because they want to make sure every student athlete gets to play a football game at the other against the other team, one of the other teams in their conference mm-hmm. while they're at school. Mm-hmm. So essentially, it's going to take you five years to be able to make the rotation to play at all the stadiums and the big what the Big Ten will become with eighteen it's teams. It's
0: going to Be a sexy schedule, man. I'm not gonna lie.
1: Yeah, we mentioned the Michigan yeah, schedule it's... for next year alone. Think about this: this is out now. Michigan will play Texas. Texas goes to Michigan next September. But they're also going to have home games with USC, Oregon, Michigan State, and then road games against Ohio State and Washington. That's pretty nice. Jim Harbaugh's got a tough schedule next year.
0: That is a tough schedule. He might want to think about that NFL again. Yeah. <laughs> in well, look, right, he one, two, over.
1: three, four, five of those schools are in the top ten right now. Yeah, man. Top. I don't know what they're going to be next year, but they're mm-hmm. all in the top ten right now. Texas, Oregon, USC, Ohio State, Washington.
0: Yeah. You can, I mean, it could end up. Being you can know, have with four losses potentially that yeah. year and not be a bad football team. Yeah, man. Just cause you played playing so many damn good football teams. Um, all right, uh, Bullish or BS. How about this? this is CJ Stroud has attempted 151 passes without an interception? That, based on NFL research, this is from NFL's communications department, uh, on Sunday he can break the NFL record for most attempts, most pass attempts to begin a career without an interception. Uh CJ Stroud at 151. The he's fifth. According to this uh, release from the NFL, Tua is ahead of him at 152, Kyle Allen at 159, Tom Brady at 162, and Dak Prescott at 176. Are you bullish or is it BS that he'll break the record against the Atlanta Falcons this weekend?
1: I think he has a good chance. He does. uh, He does. I think. Because he's throwing it a lot. They've gone uh, I, well, it a ton. I, guess what? Laramie Tunsil, one of the best left tackles in pro football, comes back this yes, he week. Did. I
0: think they get two of their offensive And I line think
1: Titus does. Howard's coming yeah. back, too. Because remember, right. Titus broke his hand in camp, and they thought it would be healed by, by the start of the season. Then they had to go do surgery, put some pins in his hand. Yeah, He's coming. He's practiced the last two days. They feel like he's going to play. That'd be huge to have both your starting tackles back. That's what's amazing about the numbers Stroud has put up so far that he's done it without you know a good offensive line. And, and cause the thing for me, when you get your offensive line back, they should be able to run the ball better.
0: Yeah, especially on the left side, if you have got Tunsil and Howard back.
1: Yeah, Tunsil and yeah. Howard, and uh, Shaq Mason still there playing mm-hmm. right guard. They should be able to run the ball, which gives you Damian Pierce. If you're a Damian Pierce fantasy football owner, now probably the time to get him back going uh, in your mm-hmm. in your starting lineup. If you if you kind of sat him, uh, because and then if you give CJ Stroud play action, because you're running the ball, watch out. Uh, Arad, I want to play this for you. Bullish or BS? This is the the big topic in Dallas, or one of them. When is Jimmy Johnson going to be put in the Ring of Honor for the oh, Dallas Cowboys? Come on, can I, can I play this for you? This is Troy Aikman voicing Troy his Aikman displeasure. Jerry Jones has made the Cowboys Ring of Honor the Jerry Jones Ring of Honor. Beyond disappointing, uh, I, I, I speak for myself, but I also think I speak for everyone who played on those teams uh, that Jimmy, that Jimmy coached. Uh, I wouldn't be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, nor would Emmett or Michael or Charles Haley or anyone else if it weren't for what Jimmy meant to those teams. And for him not to be represented, he is represented in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, and, you know, we all know why he's not. Uh, Jerry did say that he would go in. We thought it would have happened by now. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a big disappointment to me. Is this a conversation Come on, Troy. you've ever had there you go.
2: Jerry?
1: There you go. There's Troy Eichmann. He went on to say, yes, I've talked to him about it.
0: No, it's it's sad. It's sad. It is sad. It's
1: bullish or BS? We're bullish. It's about damn time, Jerry.
0: It's a bunch of bull blanks. Can
1: I play you one other piece of sound on that related topic of, you know, why I, why I I predicted in 1999 that the Cowboys would never win a Super Bowl with Jerry? This is a really nice piece of audio kind of breaking down the divorce between Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson back in the 90s after they had won Super Bowls. This is pretty interesting. Jimmy Johnson shares how the beef started with Jerry Jones. I can remember it like it was yesterday. He said, Jimmy, he says, we're going to go back to back.
2: He says,
1: you're going to handle all the football, I'm going to handle all the financial, and we'll make sports history. But we started having some problems, one of them, for instance, I traded for Tony Casillas. I turned on the television about 10 minutes later, and Jerry's doing a press conference, and said, you know, I, I traded for Tony Casillas. And I'm thinking, he, he didn't trade for Tony Casillas. I traded for Tony Casillas. And maybe it's splitting hairs a little bit, maybe it is a little bit of ego. But I told Jerry, oh, that's what God. bothers me. And he told me, Jimmy, I can make $10 million,
2: and nobody cares. And it's amazing how much they care about that backup offensive guard. He said, I want to be part of that. I want to be
0: having some fun. And I understand. I mean, and that's the way it was. But I
1: want some credit, started. Rod. I want some credit, Jerry. Mm. And that began. If you think about that. That was after the first Super Bowl, and that friction just led and built and built and built, and it ended before they won their third.
0: They could have the greatest dynasty in NFL history, potentially, but pride and ego, yeah, pride, dude. ego, and hubris. And how about that, Jimmy? Down says I remember, of a like lot of great
1: things. I remember like it was yesterday. I remember like it was yesterday. He told me, "I'm going to run football and I'll run business." You run football, I'll run business, and then of course Jerry, Jimmy, I mean Jerry Jones couldn't handle that. He had to start getting some credit for the yeah, football side. Yes, he did. And I guess Jimmy Johnson could have ate a little bit and said, "Yeah, you know, give Jeremy some Jerry some credit." But you know, they're, as you just said, ego and hubris.
0: It's pride for both, both of them. It's both yeah. their faults. No, it's both their faults because Jimmy Jimmy could have let Jerry have that. Why not? You gonna win more Super Bowls that way. Nope. He's the boss. He wanted, he wanted credit, too, for what he had done, and I'm not mad at him for that. I'm not mad at either one of them. Because the I would have wanted credit, too. It's, my it's only like Shaq team. and Kobe. Yeah, exactly. Like Shaq <laughs> and Kobe, man.
1: <laughs> All right. Coming up, uh, there's some bullish or BS. Good stuff right there. Take your thoughts it's about damn time Jimmy Johnson gets in that ring of honor. When's that going to happen, for crying out loud? Uh, needs to happen. Put it aside, Jerry, big game for the Cowboys Sunday night. Big game for the Longhorns tomorrow at 11 o'clock. We'll come back more on the Horns. Update on the injury report from Sark yesterday. We'll get that for you. Coming next. Here on Hook'em Up.